Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Greg Seamus. You guys enjoying uh, just kind of walking together and discovering the heart of the Father? Uh, I'm telling you. Um, yeah, go ahead. One thing about um, one thing about about like this kind of a platform and, and you know just kind of leading a congregation and all that, you could take things uh, in stages, and you can like maybe take 10, 12, 13 weeks on a certain topic, which for some people might say, "Oh my goodness, 13 weeks," but but I, I like to be as thorough as possible because this is all about our identity. And if we don't, if we don't get this around our identity, then that impacts everything that we do in life. Honestly, understanding our sonship impacts our marriage. Understanding our sonship impacts the marketplace. Understanding our sonship actually impacts how you raise your children. Understanding sonship actually impacts legacy, grandchildren, and relationally. Understanding sonship has, has everything to do with a foundation stone for our finances. If we don't understand that God is a good father and that he's actually close to us, and he actually wants us to draw near, and he actually enjoys you, that he actually delights in you, that Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. Did you know that in the early church, they used to be called the way in the book of Acts? He is the way unto something. And so, though Jesus is fully God and fully man, And though he's the champion of heaven and we give him praise, there was a mission. And that mission was to demonstrate and reveal who Father was. And that's a new concept to the church, to the ecclesia. That's a new concept. I mean, honestly, it's been around for hundreds of years, but it hasn't been until probably the last 20 or 30 years, maybe longer, where that revelation is being... That doesn't surprise me that that revelation is coming out the same time that the Lord is kind of unfolding the fivefold, giving us revelation on the apostolic, on the prophetic, around spiritual uh, moms and dads. And of course, we're really big into seeing the generations. Um, And so this, like this, I always talk about our little design element here that we want our, Wendy and I want our ceiling to be our kid's floor. In other words, we want we want them to take it higher and further than we did. And so um, that's been, always been our prayer from the very, since we got married and started having kids. And, and so um, I don't think our kids need to, um, we always want, you always want that to be the heart, the heart. I mean, if you, as a parent, if your kids are loving Jesus, serving him, Walking in his ways, there's no greater joy than that. That was kind of quiet, but there's no greater joy in that. And, uh, and we want to, and we always want to be praying for, for um, our, you know, prodigal children, 
people who, kids who, who were raised in, in, according to the Scriptures and they drifted off because they're believing a lie somewhere. Anyone who's not serving the Lord is believing a lie about something, about God. God's not fun, God's not this, God's not that, you know. And the truth is, is that um, a lot of mainstream Christianity is built on or is performance-based. This thing is sticking for some crazy reason. You guys hear, a, you might hear some. Anyway, <laughs> I'll get through it. So a lot of it's uh, performance-based. Uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, I'm telling you, understanding God as Father will, um, will give you a new joy in your life. And we're still, we're always trying to win love instead of just receiving love. Now, I understand obedience, but I don't, the, you know, the more you're happily married, the more you want to serve your spouse out of love, not out of duty. Now, duty's okay, but love is far superior. Why is it so quiet? You want to serve your children, you want to help them, you want to raise them because you love your kids, not because you're a parent. <laughs> anyway, so, so it's really, really important for us to understand that we're sons and daughters of the Father and to understand that biblically. And I think sometimes we could, we could throw around a, a theological concept without fully understanding the revelation of that and what that actually means. And so today, what I want to do in the short time that I have is I want to break this message down into two parts. So today is kind of laying the foundation. Next week, we have Ben Armstrong from Bethel Church in Reading. He'll be with us next week for Father's Day. And you know what's really cool since we're on those things? We just got, you guys who know who Dr. Michael Brown is? We got Mike, Dr. Michael coming in December for our school. Isn't that awesome? And if you don't know who he is, look him up. But just make sure it's Pensacola. You understand that there's a lot of, probably a lot of Michael Browns in the world. Um, so that's cool. We have Brian Simmons. We have, we just have, we're really close to getting the man up at Bethel to come down here too. So that's going to be, that'll be, that'll be exciting. So that's all for our school of ministry. So, huh? The man, Bill, Bill J, Bill Johnson. So, Bill J, man, you know. Brother-in-law, I mean Bill. All right. Here we go. Genesis chapter 1. Let me just, there's a lot of scripture today. And, um, but let's just hit this point by point. First of all, God created us in his image and likeness. Everyone could say amen to that, right? So it says in Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And then verse 27, it says, so God created, everyone say created, created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created him. The simple truth is we are created by God, we are his sons and his daughters, and he is our father. God has always been Father. 
He didn't turn into Father. He was eternally Father. Are we good? All right. Acts chapter 17, Paul calls God's people, Paul calls all people God's offspring. This is very interesting, but again, this should be review. Acts chapter 17, 28 and 29, for in him we live and move and have our being as also some of your poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, everyone say offspring of God, we ought to not think that the divine nature is like gold, silver, and stone, etc. So he's talking about the unknown God. Remember that kind of a confrontation that Paul had? with the philosophers back then. But the point is, is that we are God's offspring. And uh, offspring simply means we are his physical descendants, his children. So we've established, one, that God created us in his image and likeness. Why is that significant? Because he's created us with the capacity to relate to him. And he created us with the, with the capacity to relate with him and to him as sons and daughters. Now, it's a crazy concept to begin to, to wrap your brain around, around the revelation of that, who we are. But he did create us. We are his offspring. And so we have to understand that though we're born of woman, we come directly from God. Remember Psalm 139? 13 through 15, you can just type, and you can just write these addresses out. Let me read it to you in the Passion Translation. You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside, and wove them all together in my mother's womb. Who wove you together? The Lord did. I thank you, God, for making me, quote unquote, so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. Verse 15. And even formed every bone in my body. He formed every bone in your body. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. Carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. We don't have time to kind of talk about like, but you're just not a mistake. That the Lord... I mean, you have supreme value. You're just not another number. You're just not another person on the planet. That the Lord has formed you in the womb of your mother. He's knit you together. He's designed you. And he's always been a father to you and over you. 
Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you, I knew you. Just meditate on that portion of Scripture. So we are God's offspring. God has created us. And so we are children of God. Now, I'll tell you why this is going to be so significant for us. Because when next week, nope, the week after that, we're going to really dive into Galatians. You can, you can start previewing this, Galatians 26, 326 to 47, because I'm going to talk to you about adoption. And in our, in our country, our nation, when you are adopted, you don't share the bloodline. Now, you share, you come into the family, which is amazing, but you don't share the bloodline. Direct bloodline is what I'm trying to say, direct bloodline. But that's not so in the kingdom. And we'll, we'll dive into that in the next, the next couple of weeks. So you guys all right? You guys are kind of looking at me like, oh, really? First John chapter 3, verse 1, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Everyone say children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. So we are sons and daughters. We're the children of God. And what's interesting is I'm not a, I'm not a genealogy guy. I don't like you know, the begats, someone begat someone, someone begat someone. That's New King James and King James, begat, begat, begat. Like, I don't, I don't wake up in the morning ready to hit those. But I, I did find this interesting in Luke chapter 3, 23 through, 30, 23 through 36, that Luke takes time, now Dr. Luke, he takes time and he traces the lineage of Jesus, but he traces the lineage of Jesus as the son of. So there's about 75 names that we see in the lineage of Jesus, tracing him all the way back to the son of Adam. And so I think it's interesting at least to consider that this lineage, this genealogy falls in between the water baptism of Jesus where the father shows up on the scene and says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, and the temptation of Jesus by the enemy for 40 days or 40 nights or however long it was. So in between this euphoria of the father saying, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, and he echoes that over to you this morning, same thing, just receive it. Right? You're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then the, he's driven out by the Spirit into the wilderness. We have this genealogy. And so let me just share just a little bit of that. It says, now Jesus, verse 23, now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age being, as we suppose, the son of Joseph, being the son of Joseph. And now I'm just going to read to you some of these. I just kind of took different names that you guys might be more familiar with. The son of Levi, 
the son of Simeon, the son of Judah. Of course, I skipped a bunch there, right? The son of Nathan, the son of David, verse 32, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, verse 34, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. That means that all the people that were mentioned in that verse share the same thing, that they're the son of God. Now, he's not, they're not the son of God, naming Jesus and his divinity, but we're all sons of God. So sonship actually goes back to the beginning of creation. Wow, it is so quiet in this room. And I cannot turn it over to a group of people in a few minutes. You guys got to have some life, share some, do something. Step up and down. So. I know we're laying foundation. I get it. All right. So, you have been chosen. Say, I've been chosen. You've been chosen. You have been chosen to be adopted as sons and daughters of the living God. The reason why you're adopted is because we strayed away from our Father. And in order for us to be brought back and be restored spiritually as sons and daughters, Jesus had to go to the cross, and the purpose of the cross was to redeem us back to God. That make sense? You can't redeem what you had not previously owned. So if I took a watch and I gave it to see how's this thing go, you understand. I'm going to try, I'm going to hack this illustration up, but I can really hack this illustration up, but you just follow the illustration in your own mind. I had to have previously owned something in order to buy it back. That's called redeem. You can't redeem what was not yours. That's why redemption is so important in understanding Galatians chapter 3, 26, 4 through 7. So let me conclude part one with Ephesians chapter 1, 3 through 6. You guys ready? This is such good news right now. This is like amazing news. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, blessed us, you and me, with every spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, where? In Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. 
that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Verse 5, having predestined or chosen, having, having chosen us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. Having chosen us to adoption as sons. Of course, we have the bride of Christ, which is the feminine, and then we have sonship, which is more the masculine. But we're sons and daughters, right? Men and women form sonship. Men and women form the bride. Okay. So in two weeks, we're going to dive into this right here. Galatians 3, 26. I'm just going to read all of it through 4, 7. Not just one verse, but through 4, 7. Verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male and f- nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, singular, and heirs according to the promise. We're going to dive into that because that is transformational. Now I say that an heir, this is what we're going to hit a lot next, in the next couple of weeks. Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. That's, that's, called, that's how Romans were raised. We'll talk about that. Even so, we, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But, then the, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. We have people in the body acting like slaves when they're sons. They're trying to earn God's favor. They're, trying, they're, they're always troubled with, am I accepted? Am I, am I doing enough? Have I accomplished enough? 
We live by the rules. We're, 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 we're not grounded in the reality that we are actually sons and daughters and what that means as a foundation stone for our spiritual lives. And it gets equally hard when everything in our culture, virtually anything, virtually everything in our culture is driven by performance. But performance is not, is not the foundation for the believer. It's grace. It's a gift. Everything's a gift. So that gives you permission to rest. It gives you, it gives you permission to, to go into believe and receive mode because everything's a gift. Everyone around you that doesn't know Jesus is striving. So that's why Jesus says, don't be anxious about anything. I mean, the audacity. <laughs> really? Don't be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. You are unrealistic, Jesus. But the reason why Jesus could say that is because he realized his sonship. So he walked as a son, not even doing anything outside of what he saw his father do, and the perfect love of John 3.15, John 15, he's walking in this divine sonship. He's not going to worry about anything because I have a good dad, and he's going to take care of all my needs. Okay, that leads to one last question. I'm six minutes late but I'm just getting warmed up, and i got to cut it off. So here's the challenge for us. Either Jesus was unrealistic or he wasn't. The challenge for us is, can I live, can I attain to that kind of life, not by striving, but just by receiving? Can I attain that life that Jesus is talking about, that's why he said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So what we do is we modernize the Pharisaic movement if we're not careful and it's all the things we have to do in order to be saved and stay saved. What are you talking about? Thank you. What are you talking about? I'm not saying obedience is wrong, but obedience without love is what I'm talking about as being wrong. And so we don't understand why the world doesn't want to get saved. Well, they see a bunch of believers acting like they are. There's no separation because we're just, we're striving like they are. It's all about sonship. I'm telling you, this impacts this impacts everything. And we'll hit it more next week. No. In two weeks. I really want it to be next week. I'm going to tell Ben not to. Okay. You know, he's, he'll be here. You guys are all, I, I, I really want to hear him too. So let's stand. We're just going to wrap this up. So Lord, so just take your hand. And just, we're just gonna, I'm just going to do a quick prayer.
It's a simple prayer. It's really your prayer. I'm asking you to pray. Lord, give me a greater revelation of sonship, of what it means to be a son and a daughter to a loving Heavenly Father. I want to grow in this. I want to grow in this revelation. I want it to change my life. So right now, Father, according to Romans chapter 5, verse 5, just trust me with that. <laughs> don't, don't say that. Just trust me with that passage. I receive your love and have it cascade into my heart. Fill me with your love. I want to be more like you. I want to be more like Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening.